Welcome to How We Grow, an essential playbook to grow and scale your vacation rental business with advice and insights from the best in the biz with your host, Linnell Gordon. Welcome to How We Grow, the vacation rental show, where we tell you specific strategies that you can use that other property managers use or marketers or experts in their field to help you grow your business. Today, I am so excited to bring to you Tyler Hurst. He is a longtime friend and he is the Vice President of Operations at Utah Vacation Rental Managers Association. He's sales operation at other places. He's an investor. He's an entrepreneur. I knew him best from when he was the VP, one of the VPs over at LiveRes, a property management system. And he specifically was specializing in helping property managers to increase their revenue. So I am really excited to have you here. Thanks, Tyler, for coming. You know what? It's great to be here. I've been super excited for this. Well, uh, yeah, I consider you a friend. And so it's always good to hear from you. And I love the podcast. I love what you're doing. And I, I think it's a unique take that really can be helpful to vacational managers. So I'm excited. This is going to be great. <laughs> so one of the first things we'd like to do is start out with a funny story or a fun story or just a story that touched your heart about homeowners or property managers. Okay. I'll tell you a funny story. There was a property manager one time and I was in Florida and this property manager was very successful and he was an industry leader and everyone looked up to him. Everyone wanted his advice, et cetera. And I said to him one day, I said, Hey, property manager, I said, have you, and he had beautiful homes. Right. And I said, have you ever had famous people stay with you? I mean, in my youth and right. And he said, actually, yeah. He's like, you know, We've had this guy from Joint Chiefs of Staff. I've had these basketball players. I had the same skateboarder, right? And he kind of named off a couple of people. He said, but he's like, I'm going to be honest with you. He said, you know, I think that's fun and cool. He's like, but those guys, they just go on vacation to vacation to vacation. They're just bouncing between places, right? Oh, right, and, right, sure. They're famous. Right? We just, yeah, exactly. We just give them the best experience we can. But he's like, you know who I'm really concerned about? These were his words. He said, I'm concerned about Joe Sixpack from Iowa who saved his whole life to bring his kids to Disney World one time, right? He said, oh, that's wow. the guy that I want to make sure that I take good care of because he's the one that I want to make sure that they have a great experience and I don't want anything to go wrong so that they have the most memorable experience and get the best value they can. He's like, those are the people that we should be concerned about. And I thought, oh my gosh, yeah, there's a value conversation. But also, I think that if you can be authentic, in any work that you do, that that's going to be probably the best formula for success. And I, I think that he felt the same way. And I really, I never forgot that. And I thought, you know what? We need to be concerned with people. That's amazing. That really want to help. And that really touched me, right? And I was like, it changed the way I thought about the entire world. That day, that moment changed everything for me, right? And I've tried to be an authentic person since then. Probably have missed on that a few times, but I've tried to understand like, really caring about helping people with whatever you're doing, not just to be successful or to make money, but selling and believing in what you do and getting behind something you do honestly to help. So anyways, yeah, it's just a kind of, you know, the vacation industry is just really close to my heart. And, you know, we were there, me and you both when it was really young. It's grown up a lot, you know, over the last 15, 16 years since I got involved. And I just think that, you know, as there is a lot of corporations involved in it now and the modeling is a little bit different, I think that one of the things that, that I hope to continually see is that there's still people, right, helping people. And 
I think that if we do that, we're going to be that kind of loving industry who wants to help each other succeed as long as we want to. So kind of a weird story, but. No, it's a beautiful story. It's all about the guest experience. And so many people will tell you that the guest experience is what causes the guests to come back as well. Of course. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. It's a beautiful story. Tell me, what do you think is the number one piece of advice that you can give to property managers to grow their business? Now, let's talk about growth as far as homeowners. We can talk about growth as far as revenue. There's a lot of different ways to grow your business. I think that growing it, how do I get more homeowners? What's important, you know, in that process? Or you tell me because I want to ask your advice. I was just throwing that out there because you can go anywhere in the field you want with it, Tyler. Yeah, let's, let's talk about homeowners, right, for a second. Again, if you don't mind, I'm going to use a story. When I started Live Res, and this is circa 2000, spring 2008, and I got hired. This is actually a funny story. So if you're watching, Rolf, sorry about this. <laughs> I thought that I was being hired to be kind of a marketing assistant kind of guy. And I was like, I mean, it was something I loved. I was in my young 20s. And I was like, yeah, this will be awesome. And they're like, you're going to be helping us with like lead generation and helping us get leads. And I was like, okay. And I got there. After I got the job, I was so excited. I moved my family down there. And and I got there. And they were like, here's this laptop. There's your office over there. And here's this list of people to start calling that we have. And I was like, whoa, 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 what? And they're like, you're going to call the property managers and you're going to tell them about our software and try and get them to take a demo from that guy. Cold calling? Cold calling. Okay. Can you imagine what I thought about cold calling? And I thought, are you, are you guys serious about this? Like, I just, what? And, and I wasn't angry, but I was like, well, that's the job. I can provide for my people and I'm going to do this. So here's what happened. You know, we did a lot of cold calling and we had a lot of fun doing it. And we were really successful at it, actually. Right. And you guys remember my rest jettisoning in 2008, 2009, growing ridiculously fast and turning a lot of heads doing it. But what ended up happening is one day I went to the vice president of marketing that we had at the time. And he said, you know, we need to have a conversation about how do we get leads to come to us? Right. And, and I think that as property managers or in any business, I've always remembered that is that we do have to go out and get leads. And, and I'm going to talk about that in a second. But I also think that we have to find a way to also have a different stream of getting them to come to us. And so, you know, I, I heard this a lot because vacation rental management is a thousand moving parts. It's usually very mom and popish, right? And I prefer that because I think there's a lot of authenticity and I think you get a better level of service sometimes. But what ended up happening is it taught me that, yes, you've got to still go out and make the calls. And so my advice to the property managers, right? And and this is just from watching for, I'm not smart. I just sat in the chair and watched a lot. You have to take the time to do the hard work. You just do. You can't just build a website and think, oh, people are going to come right? No, 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 no. Well, I'll buy some AdWords. Nope. Right. You have to go build relationships, right? You've got to go build relationships with the realtors in town, right? Who really sell a vacation rental that maybe you work out a commission plan. You need to go and find the lists, right? Whether it's from your county clerk and get a list of all the second homes or you literally cold. If it was me and I, and, it, and you're in the half to position, you have to succeed, right? You quit your job and you know, I knew a lady once who quit her job and cashed in her 401k to start a vacation rental company. It was the 
win-win or win options, right? You have three options and they're all win. And she said, well, how do I find owners? I was like, if I were you, I'd go on VRBO and start calling them all, right? I mean, I would do anything to get in front of any owner. And then you give them a really good reason that they need to start using your service. And whether it's take a chance on me or you cut them a deal for the first month or whatever, but you have got to go do the hard things. And if you're willing to do the hard things, almost in anything in life, I've realized you'll be successful. Like I said, and I really believe this, right? I'm not a highly educated, formally educated kid who went to Harvard or some Ivy League school. I joke, but I don't consider myself to be a brilliant person. But what I do consider myself to be is incredibly hardworking. And so that has always been my formula. It's like, I don't know if I know everything about this, but I do know that I can work really, really, really hard. And if I do that, usually things will work out, right? You have to have a little bit of intelligence and a little bit of willingness to learn from others. But I would just tell property managers, if you want to grow, do the hard things. And if you want to talk about what those hard things are, call me, right? <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll explain and you'll cry at the end of it. <laughs> so here's the thing that, you know, people do business with people that they like mm-hmm. and they trust. And so you may not have the best commission structure. You may not have all the bells and whistles that another property manager has. But if you have the relationship, that matters. But what is that relationship, right? And, you know, I, I've watched and been part of and consulted with vacational managers all over the place. And sometimes when I go in or if I meet people, you can almost tell instantly if it's going to work or not. And what that is, and, and it comes back to what I said at the beginning, and, and this is just maybe a little bit of the ethos that I operate off of, but it's about authenticity. It is. I don't think you can go in and just sell, 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 sell. And just be, everything's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. No pushback. Just, yep, I can do that. I'll book your house 100%. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to make you so much money. People see through that. No, they do. They do. I had the biggest compliment yesterday. I was talking with someone who's been in the industry for many, many years. And we're very good friends, very close friends. And she said to me, I was talking to her because I want to talk to property managers and see how they do business. See if there's something, it's a consulting type of position. So I can see, you know, what I can help them with for real. Mm-hmm. And she said to me, Linnell, she said, you know, people like you because, and I was like, oh no, what's coming next? She said, because you're honest. She said, you are not looking to sell them something that they don't need. You're looking to help them build their business. And I thought that is the greatest compliment I've ever been given. And I think as a property manager, if you have property owners that say to you, I know that you're looking to help me make as much money as I can. You're not just looking to line your pockets. I think that is a huge compliment. And that's what you're talking about, right? Being authentic. Authentic, right? And just saying like, and if you can't be authentic, you might not be in the right job. I mean, I know that's horrible to say, but you might not be. It gets back to that property manager. I could see when he said, I care about Joe Sixpack from Iowa and the tears welling up in his eyes that he meant it. So if you don't care about Joe Sixpack and you're not authentic, what do you think about hiring someone who does care about Joe Sixpack? I agree. You do the finances on the background and let them create the relationships now, just so you know. That's another key to success, though. And you know this. You've run highly successful businesses and you've been super successful. You know this. If you're not good at something, be willing to admit it and find someone who is. Right? The best people, the smartest CEOs, the most successful companies are smarter to recognize what they're not good at and hire people who are smarter than them. And I admit, you can go next door to anybody around in my neighborhood and you'll find somebody who's probably better at me than a lot of things. I'm okay with that. 
it took me a little while in my age to kind of get to that place where I didn't have pride of ownership and think that I was the greatest and smartest. But once I got there, I was like, oh my gosh, like there's so many resources. So I'm just willing to accept help. And absolutely, it's been really fun to realize I'm not good at this. I, what would take me six hours you can do in six minutes. So let's go do that. And so I, I would just tell property managers, do the hard stuff, right? If you want to talk about growing, do the hard things and, and, and you will be successful. People will see you working hard for their business too. And they love that, right? They love that. And listening to them and trying to come up with a solution that works for them. You have to understand property managers that these are people's homes. This is their investment for some of them. And I've certainly met them and you probably have too. You know, there's homeowners who are like, I want to retire, but I want to have a place where I can go with my family. I'm going to take my entire life savings and buy this vacation rental. That's so many people. Yeah, exactly. And it will work if I can get X amount of dollars out of it. doesn't have to necessarily pay the mortgage, but it'd be nice. You've got to realize that as a property manager that like this is people's life and you can't let them down. No, no, you can't. Kind of it, like through that. Sometimes I think that we're just so quick, you know, our eyes turn into dollar signs, right? And we just get to the point where we don't recognize that, you know, these are people and this is yeah. a life. The other thing is, if you don't have vendors that care about you and care about your people in that same way, you need new vendors. And that's the truth, because your website goes down on 4th of July because there's so much traffic or it goes down on a big holiday weekend. Actually, that's really not the time. If it goes on 4th of July, nobody really cares. But if it goes down in November and December, people care because that's when they're making the reservation, November, December, January for the following summer, if you're a summer location. So you need people that actually care about you as a business and will go the extra mile. Same thing. You want that. Business relationships still, and this is insane that we're talking about this, but business to business relationships are still people, right? And it's still money. And, you know, when we sold Libres, I kind of got to a place where I realized that there was always going to be the massive companies who would come around. And the decision wasn't necessarily owned by one person. And if it went wrong or something like, it was like, okay, well, you know, that was a company decision, right? You know, I sold Libres once uh, to somebody and said, well, here's the cost. He's like, really, that's it? And I said, yeah. And he's like, we can lose that much money in a day. And I was like, then you're not going to care. Like, just sign up then. Right. But there's other people. I met a lady who literally sold her motorcycle, right, to buy live res software as a setup fee and was highly successful. But she took a risk and risked everything, everything. Tell me she bought another motorcycle. I think she did. She was a big Harley rider, right, in Palm Desert, California, actually. And I, I remember her. I really like her. I still am Facebook friends with her. Right. And and that's the kind of relationship I'm like, I'm not going to let you down. Like, this software is literally the best single thing in the world that I can think of to actually help you. And our model of this paper performance idea that we used was designed around actually being responsible to help the manager. And the thing is, I could feel it in my heart, the authenticity of like saying, you know what? I actually believe that. And I did. And it makes it so much easier to sell. And then you kind of just leave it all on the table. And if they don't buy what else can you do, right? So you're doing that as a property manager, that kind of advice. You think about it when you're cold calling. Yeah. If you think about it this way, I'm going to help this homeowner to rent his home because I care. I sincerely care about him. And you're actually going to be doing him a favor by providing him the very best that you possibly can. If you think about it that way before you call someone, 
and you remind yourself that this is something you do because you love. This is something you do because you want to create this relationship with this person you're calling. You know, it the mindset makes a big difference in cold calling. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, and you know, like I said, doing the hard things. I've, I've done a lot of hard things in my life, you know, selling and I did a church service mission once and that was hard. And and you know what? What I realized is almost once you get started, there's no bigger thrill than having those successes. Either, sure. Right. When you sacrificed and worked the hardest for them. I mean, you're cold calling to the property manager or sending out a marketing email and you get one back. Right. Think about this. You're a property manager and let's just say Palm Desert again. And you have five units and you're trying to grow your company and you send out a marketing email. And, you know, it's 1130 at night. And somebody responds back. I guarantee you're responding immediately because you're trying to show them, hey, man, I'm here. I'm always available. Right. I'm here to protect your investment type thing. But that's a really exciting thing to happen. You're like, Woo, yeah. Right. I mean, it probably still happens to you. I mean, there's a thrill in the sell. Right. There's a thrill in the success of that. You know what? There's a thrill. You know, I get the thrill this way. I walked into a property manager's office this past week and they needed a housekeeping solution, but they needed one that fit them. Mm-hmm. And for that property, well, this was the owner as well as the GM. The GM had worked with me before and she was introducing me. When that GM looked at what we had up on the screen and he said, that's exactly what we do. He said, if you took this and you moved that, that's exactly what we have. That's what we need. And the fact that I know that we can provide them, they're actually doing it manually, housekeeping manually, and they have about 350, 400 properties. So it's a big deal. They're brilliant executioners. They're brilliant property managers. Right. Being able to help them, that's what gives me a thrill, knowing that I will make a difference in the lives of someone in this. The same way when you're cold calling an owner, you know that you will make a difference in their lives, especially if they are that person that's poured their life savings in there that just wants it for that beach week to come and they want it to pay for itself if it can. It can pay for itself, guys. So yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think that, you know, and that's what's interesting. And I think that you've been a a part of that. I I certainly think that Lyra's was a part of that and, and the industry is has jettisoned since then. But we are in a different place of what technology was available to vacation property managers 15 years ago. And now there's lots of solutions, which is great and bad because it's almost like there's too many sometimes, but it does allow you to go and shop and pick the best solution that fits your company, right? Whether it's a vacational software, a website provider, a cleaning service, an automation provider, right? Like the one that you guys have, which is insane. And I was like, just stunned by how amazing it was, right? And I was like, oh my gosh, like we do this all day. We need this, right? And I thought, this is a problem where we can now automate what we pay people to do, right? And we can yeah. reassign or you know, whatever. But I think the interesting thing is, yeah, right, when you're looking for a vendor, you look for someone that you kind of also get along with, that you feel comfortable with. And one of the things that I really have believed in is we've always had really good vendor relationships in everything I've done in business because I realized that like, And I see people when they're upset, they go and call and just yell at their vendor, right? But I'm like, guys, one, you're killing the messenger for no reason. There's going to be a time when you need a favor from them and you're going to want to have that special relationship where they're going to help you with something. And if you're not willing to do that, then you're going to be in a place where the chips are down. You're not going to get the very best of service, right? And I have relationships with vendors where you usually would call in and just email support. But if it's really urgent, I will call myself. You can just email the person directly, right? And just get a really quick answer and move on 10 seconds instead of wait to be in a support queue. In the queue. Exactly. So being good to vendors is another successful strategy. I'm not a guy who ever thinks that the best way to deal with something is to yell at someone. 
Vacation rental managers utilize LiveRes and their powerful software that goes beyond the standard. LiveRes empowers you to operate your business the way you want, while offering you powerful support and access to a community of partners and experts to grow your vacation rental business. LiveRes's industry differentiator is software plus support, community, and service, with high converting websites included to get you started. Learn more at LiveRes.com. What about the best way to increase revenue? We talked about cold calling is a very good and it's an underutilized part of homeowner acquisition. It is. Yeah. But what about revenue? When we talk about growth, we also want to talk about revenue. Mm -hmm. So when I think about revenue, I'm sure I think about it differently. But you tell me what you think the best revenue strategies are for property managers today. So, and I think you probably know where I'm going to go with this, but I literally think about this 24-7, right? I think about vacation rentals and increasing revenue. And now there's a different conversation. There's a different conversation about increasing profitability. But if you want to talk about increasing revenue, see, I think that sometimes we get really caught in a very simple model. And I don't think that that necessarily always suits us the best. Again, sometimes doing the hard things are the best things. So obviously getting a lot of homes is going to be great. Right. And marketing them properly and having a high occupancy is what you're looking for, obviously. Now, I also I do think, first of all, when you talk about revenue, the very first thing I would advise is keep very close attention to what your rev par is. And what I mean by that is it's being occupied all the time. And and, and this is simple, but it's not right. It's insanely complex. I did if you can get your hands around it is being occupied all the time is not best. Because even if you're occupied 100% and your rates are decent, right? And you're getting a good rate, that feels good. But- You're leaving money. Right. You're probably leaving money on the table in your rate. Of course, you probably could have bounced up a hair. And there's tons of tools now that will kind of show you that and do comps and look around and survey what else is around you so you can pay attention. But then the other thing is, is that you have to think about every time you get a booking, there is a convergent cost, right? There's a cost underlying that you're going to have people and no matter what, be successful. But think about this. I watched a company recently lower their rates because I'm like, we just need more bookings. And I thought, okay, that's fine. But they lowered them in such a way that the bookings became tons of them. And it was awesome to watch. You know, like, oh my gosh, this is awesome, right? This is helping us. And our occupancy are growing up. But then I thought to myself, hmm, Look at your revenue. It's the exact same as it was last year. But all you're doing is you're getting the same revenue for more work. Because now you have to clean and maintain and mess with all the guests and all the problems that are going to come with a booking for the same revenue. And all you had to do is maybe increase your rate by 10% and you got less bookings necessarily. And maybe ultimately you will still get more bookings, but you got the 10% more. So I think that first. So my first thing was, and I don't know in order, but I would say pay attention to your rev par and make sure that you're getting a really good rate and watch your occupancy levels and decide what you want to do. Hotels don't try and be full, right? The hotels are never trying to be full, right? ever. I think they usually shoot for around 80%-ish, 70-80%. And that's because they know that they have to bring in a third person instead of two people, cleaners. Now they have to bring in a third to handle you know, one eighth of the work and it's very expensive. So that's, that's important. The other thing that I would say is don't be so simple as to think that the best way to make money is just on the booking, right? There is tons of attachment revenue sources. I learned this again, if you're dealing with a 10 second story, 
when I was in college, I worked at Staples. And I remember Staples, every time you sold something, a printer, we had what was called kips. And I was like, what's a kip? And it was cable, ink, paper, and service warranty, right? Every time, I, I mean, it's 20 years, I still remember like kips. And it rolls off my tongue like yesterday because attachments are everything. Travel insurance, damage fee waiver, and then building relationships in a guest services way. If you get the time or you have the ability, right? Build relationships to sell extras and amenities that people can pay for. Now you're going to put 10 out there and they're going to reject seven of them. But the three that you consistently sell, kick the other seven out and then work on the three and you're going to make money. Maybe it's ski rentals and you work with a vendor. So let's talk about the business model right here to start with, because I think there's a piece that you need to bring in so people understand. Sure. So say you're getting a 10% commission off of $1,000. So you made a hundred bucks on that rental. But say you also did the ski rental. You charge $200 to rent those skis for the week. Not got, I honestly don't know what, that's probably a terrible price, but whatever. You've charged $200 for that. And it costs you 50 to do it. So you're making $150 on that. For that reservation, you made more on the extra. We call them extras. On the extra that you sold, those kits that he's talking about, you made more on that than you did on the reservation. And if you're really good at it, right? And if you use a good service or a good software, we talked about this when I asked you the same question, you can automate the process and not even touch it. You can automate it. And not only that, but you can remarket, not just automate it when they go to sign the contract. You could automate it when they go to make the booking. You can automate it when they go to sign the contract. And then you can automate the remarketing for those people that didn't do it the first time. That's really the best bang for your buck. And the reason these extras are so important is because you can be more profitable on those extras and the services that you choose to sell on top of the reservation than on the reservation itself. Correct. A good business person will always ask themselves, what did a lead cost me? And then what did a sell cost me? Right. What did it cost me to get that booking? And if your commission's 20, 30 percent, 35, whatever, and you start looking, okay, my average rental is $2,500 every time I get a booking assist, but what did I have to pay? What are all my, con again, conversion costs, the standing costs that will be there either way? What did that cost me? And you start looking at it and you're like, oh my gosh, like people complain, this is crazy, okay? And I'm, I'm gonna say something that's a little, not something I believe, but people complain a lot about Airbnb and VRBO fees, and I'm one of them, right? I think that they're ridiculous. But here's my point, is that, what did it cost you to get a booking from Airbnb? 4%? That's probably cheaper than 50 employees, right? Making cold Definitely. Calls. And I'm not saying that's a good strategy or not. I don't it like it. It should be a part of a strategy, but it's not a full strategy. Correct. I don't like dependence on just one source. I think that's, you got to color your parachute differently, right? I, I think that could be dangerous. But I also believe that when you think about these additional sources, I think you can make way more money. And I've seen people who have been bailed out right? During the pandemic, I had a property manager in North Georgia tell me, he said, you know, he said, our rates were really low because we were trying to get anyone to come up from Atlanta. And we knew that, you know, there's only a certain amount of people coming less than ever before. And so we have to get a higher percentage of those people to make sure our same amount of rooms are full. And so with that said, the only way that we were going to make this affordable or make profit is to sell attachments. And they were talking about travel insurance, right? And 
people just buy it, right? And, and, and again, I'm going to advise, think about your destination because there's things that are centric to your destination. So for instance, if you're a drive to Atlanta to North Georgia, it's going to be a tougher sell to sell travel insurance. I get that. But if you're in Hawaii, I'm buying travel insurance every time, right? Because if something goes wrong and I have to change my flight, that's going to cost me seven grand. Exactly. And travel insurance, believe it or not, for destination travel, it's in the top three of the revenue makers of the profitability for company. When I say one more thing that happened this week, so another way to make a bunch of money automated, I'm just going to say it's true because I've seen it over and over and I'll give you people if you want to ask. <laughs> We're going to talk about revenue management. We're going to talk about automated pricing, okay, that adjusts based on availability and based on demand. None of this ever. This is my example. So my family has had it for a long time. I told them like two years ago, you've got to get this. As soon as I saw it, I was like, you need this, you need this. And it's built into their property management system. They turned it on last week for the first time. So I have a rental and it rents for... Normally rents for $10,500 a week base rent in the season. And I was talking to someone who was visiting or staying in our vacation rental right this minute. We are cleaning it up for the coming season. So much that has to be done, which is my least favorite part. And I really could go to my property manager and I could say, please do everything for me. And they would, but... Uh, you know, I'm being responsible. I'm not going to try to put all that work on my sister. <laughs> I mean, it's just my property to say it. But we were looking at it. They're like, well, does your vacation rental pay for itself? We're like, yes. And my husband's pulling it up and he's like, uh, why does it say 13500 We're not getting 13500 And I clicked and I immediately I said, oh, yes, we are. We only have one week left in the summer. The type of rental we have is incredibly in demand. There are probably no more on the beach. And so that's how much it costs for this particular week. <laughs> I said, I told you, I said, I will beta this. I told my family, I will beta yep. this. Take my house and stick it that way because yep. I know that it works. And so if you're not doing automatic pricing, go see somebody, go see RevMax. I'm just saying they will make you a ton of money. They will. It really go is. Go somebody now because I am probably one of the biggest proponents in the digital industry for dynamic pricing. It's crazy. Right. Well, you can't keep, honestly, you can't keep track of it fast enough. You, no. you I've watched people try and it changes daily and it's a rolling situation. The other thing that maybe if you don't understand this, Mr. Property Manager, is that it, it won't go below the threshold that you set. No, no, no. Exactly. Right. It can recommend pricing that maybe says you probably should be charging this or charging too much, but at least you see some AI, right? That's saying, no, you need to do this instead. And so- I guess what I'm saying is kind of like what, you know, a little bit of what you're saying is that there's not a more valuable tool because I've done this uh, no. hundreds of arguments in my life with vacation rental managers who are like, that price is too high 10 months away. Okay, fine. Let's just leave it and see what happens. And I've had, I've even had property owners and I've called and discussed their pricing plan. And they said, you know what? That's never going to book. I don't, even though it's, you know, nine months from now, I don't want that price that high. I'll never get the booking. I don't like it. Okay. And then like literally the next day, they get the biggest booking they've ever gotten by double. Right. And I, I watched some property managers like, I don't ever think I'll get a booking over a thousand dollars a night. I don't want it. You know, let's not do that. And then they got a booking for $2,700 a night. I think it's phenomenal. And here's the thing. Here's the real judge of how well it works. 
So the next day after the pricing was turned on, there were phone calls coming into the office and saying, I want to book at yesterday's price. It was $2,000 different. And so dynamic pricing works, guys. You have to know what you're doing. You have to do your due diligence with it. But I don't know a lot about other softwares, to tell you the truth. I know about RevMech. That's why I feel comfortable recommending it because they actually do this full service where they sit down and talk to you. They walk through it. I was actually passing by a meeting that was happening with it when they were explaining it to my family's real estate company. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Oh. Well, the other thing that I'll, I guess the one, you know, caveat with dynamic pricing that I'll warn everyone. And when I started looking at dynamic pricing, I had a property manager tell me this. And I said, what do you think of this? You know, you're using it. And he said, it's life-changing, right? What used to take you hours automatically happens now. He said, but remember, Tyler, he said, remember, this is not set it and forget it, right? It will help you move the deal faster and it can give you a minute off from it if you need to, and it will never be out of control, but you still have to use some human instinct to say, look, you know what? It's Tuesday. We don't have any bookings in these homes at all for, you know, it's just off season, whatever. We've got to do something different here. You can do some manual overrides and stuff like that. But my point is, is it, I think that dynamic pricing it is a revenue juggernaut, right? It will so help your revenue. It will. It will increase revenue. Totally increase revenue. And I'm not talking 10%. And the other problem is, is I think there's a lot of people, and I've seen this and you have too, who don't have a freaking clue what they should be pricing their vacation rentals because they just don't know. And they kind of like look at the competition, maybe, or they look at the RBL, maybe. But they're like, this is just what we've got. So this is what we're going to charge. And they're like, Sometimes they're way too high. They think their home is a Taj Mahal. It's not. There's so many. There's so, they're, it's too low. There's so many tools to help you that will, if you don't know what those tools are, you're welcome to call me. I'll tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler is happy to tell you exactly. Uh, but there are so many tools that will show you what the market is doing. It will show you the booking window for that home, for that particular home, the booking window and the pricing on average and that type of thing. So, ADRs, right? ADRs. Benchmarking. I was actually having a conversation with manager yesterday. I said, when I look at pricing, you know, I look at a tremendous amount of data points to just kind of almost put it all together in my mind. Now I'm looking at what they're recommending, but I'm saying, what is my competition doing? And, and it does take that into account. What is Airbnb and VRB? Yeah. Where am I at as a manager, right? Where was I last year on this? What is my occupancy? Year over year is so important. Yeah. If you're not using these tools, you're hurting yourself. And, and again, you know, data is king right now in vacation rentals. It just is. And people who are using it are winning, period. And I love it because I geek out on this stuff, right? And I'm not really good data analyst, but I love understanding if I'm right or if I'm wrong. I'm a good data analyst and I love, love, love showing people where they are and where they might consider doing things. Data, data. I'm such a data geek. You just I turned into one. Every time I talk to a public <laughs> manager, the one thing I hate is when they say a lot. How many? Right. And I learned that from CEO Libras. And he was just adamant about don't come to me. Own your facts. Right. Own your data. If you're going to say something, you better come with facts. And that's just how we operate now. That's how I get company stuff right. Tell me what you're talking about. How many? What? Somebody said to me, we have way too many cancellations. It's way horrible. Okay. What does that mean? Well, this many. Well, how many did you have last time? This many. Oh, so you've actually had less cancellations. Well, the other thing about, I will tell you, I've seen a real trend toward property managers that are increasing their revenue and decreasing their occupancy. And their homeowners still fuss at them, even though the homeowner's making more money, 
they're like, but I can make more. You can rent it all. You know, but it just doesn't work like that. You get to choose the business model. Well, and that's where you have to have a strategy conversation with them about data, right? And tell them to do tools that help you. And you know what? Most buy off on it because at the end of the day, the goal of all of this is to make money. That's true. It is. The goal is to make money. Let me ask you this. If you were to go back to your 21-year-old self, what advice would you give yourself? Don't drink too much Red Bull. <laughs> because? No, I'm kidding. Drink Red I Bull. I say, don't do that to my Red Bull. Yeah, I'd probably say cut down on the airheads and whatever garbage I ate. The other thing I would say is buy Amazon, <laughs> buy a lot of it. Right. And there's this thing coming around. It's called Google. You should get into that too. You know, I would, <laughs> as a professional, I would say, if I look back on myself and where I've come from, I would say, hey, you know what? Maybe sit back and try and learn a little bit more and not think you know everything. For me, you know, is sit back and try and learn from the success of others and work really, really, really hard. And I, there's times in my life that I worked really hard to succeed at things and times that I haven't, and it's apparent. And I think the other thing that I would say is enjoy the ride, mm-hmm. right? Because one of the things that I'm an ambitious person, right? Which is to my detriment more times than it's to no, my, no. Right? It's insane what you put aside to just follow something, right? And this is true. But, you know, I would say enjoy the ride. Try and take time to enjoy the journey, right? And so, again, here's another example. So I've worked on political campaigns and consulted and ran some. It's honestly something I love. It's a hobby. I'm decent at it, right? But one of the things that I always tell people, because when you get into some of these bigger campaigns that are statewide or, you know, national campaigns, whatever, I always tell my staff or my team, I always say, look, I don't know right now today. I don't know and I can't control if we're going to win or lose, but it can control how you feel about it at the end. You want to make sure you've done everything you possibly can to do this the right way, right? The authentic way, the moral way, and then to enjoy the journey, right? And political campaigns for me, I get emotional because I think back to some of them that I've ran and I have made lifelong friends. I've lost some and I've won some and it's almost irrelevant to me. I love to win. And I hate losing, but I love the friends that I had made along the way. And the journey is everything. Life-changing. My life has been changed tremendously by the work that I've been involved in, in vacation rentals, in political campaigns. And I think that if you take the time to just take a breath every once in a while and enjoy what you're doing and realize there's going to be bad days. That's part of it. That's okay. Don't let the bad days ruin you. Just move on. Tomorrow's a new day. But if you can find a way to enjoy the journey, love who you work with, love the owners, make friends with people, serve people. If you can get to a place where you want to serve, it's going to help you more than anything in the world. And for me, it was just throw your whole heart at something. And if you do, no matter what, you're going to be happy. Just go all in. And that's the thing. You probably... The worst advice ever is just go all in, but that's just who I've always been. No, it's not. No, that's good advice. No, do whatever you do with all your heart. Yeah, do it with your heart. That's very good advice. You know, in three words, enjoy the journey. It's everything. So Absolutely. If you can enjoy your work, it's an incredible blessing. And don't wear hats. Your hair will fall out faster. <laughs> don't wear hats, right? <laughs> so. Sorry, thank you so much. Thank you for being with me and for agreeing yeah. to chat. You have, I know you work as a consultant. So guys, if you want some consulting for property management, please feel free to reach out to Tyler. Tyler, how should they reach out to you? You know, if anyone wants to, best way is probably 
call me or text me. My cell phone's 208-215-4604. I'm fine giving it out, right? If, if you hate me, go ahead and bomb me and send me horrible text. Right? Nobody can hate you. I have to tell you, I remember when we first met, gosh, a gazillion years ago, uh, and I thought you were the nicest person I'd ever met in the business. And that's the truth. You were. Well, I've actually, you, were you know what? I've always so thought nice. I was a very warm and authentic and caring person. And, and I think that we worked in trade shows together and we got to know each other and we saw each other's work. And sometimes yeah. we, we didn't ever directly work together on some things, but we, I think we had the same goals. Absolutely. I saw your work in the industry alone, right? Because we, if you remember to the newer property managers, the industry was very small when like very, very small and it wasn't yeah. connected at all. Right. Mm-hmm. It, property managers didn't have connection to technology. And I'd like to think that we were a little bit a part of, you know, bringing the industry together. Oh, for sure. Ultimately, I remember somebody saying, well, the problem is, is that we just don't even, people don't even know vacation rentals sometimes exist. Right. And that was a problem we were overcoming it. We're still overcoming that. We're still overcoming the people with hotels versus vacation rentals. We're still overcoming. We've just come a long way. Yeah, it's a bar for the bathroom. There's a better option. So <laughs> somebody told me that and I never forgot. And then I went to this hotel. They told me that when I was staying at the Omni in Washington during a vacation trade show, right? The VR main. And that was an amazing trade show. And they said, it was. you know what? You know, a hotel is just a box with a bathroom. And I thought, okay, like, I like hotels because, you know, and then I went to my hotel room, you know, in a metropolitan area, the hotel room was probably 230 square feet. And yeah. it was a box with a bathroom. With a bathroom, it is. Sucks, right? And so <laughs> I'm a big advocate of staying in vacation homes. I have friends call me all the time. Hey, I'm going here. I'm going there. Do you know anyone? Do you have a hookup? And I'm like, yeah, somebody called me yesterday. Do you, do you have a hookup in this area? You know, maybe the last week of March, early April, I'm like, so spring break, you want a discount? <laughs> we'll get right on that, especially if it's somewhere warm. They have really good prices right now, whatever. <laughs> but they have a booking fee, so be careful. Thank you, Tyler. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so, so much. And everyone have a great day. This episode of How We Grow is brought to you by LiveRes. To find out more about how LiveRes can help grow your vacation rental business, visit LiveRes.com. Make sure to search for How We Grow in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found and hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. On behalf of the team here at Inhabit, thanks for listening.